0: Hey there, we have got a great oldie but goodie episode for you today on Hormonally Speaking. It is all about something that makes most people squeamish up front, but once they do it, they fall madly in love, and that is the coffee enema. So a lot of people think this is more for your gut, and while it can be helpful, you know, in if you're, say, like really backed up and things aren't working, or you're doing any kind of eradicating Coffee enemas definitely are very helpful um, in most cases, not all across the board, but um, really a lot of what using coffee enemas are for is to upregulate your liver function, which is hugely helpful for hormonal health, among other things. So we dive into all of the nitty gritty around coffee enemas today with um, the gut health expert herself, Kitty Martin. And I just wanted to tell you about a couple of other upcoming things before diving into the episode. So I just had um, my fibroids webinar yesterday. It was, so if you think you have a fibroid, in case you missed that, it will be up in the online school, my online school at christinegarman.thinkific.com. It'll be up there next week. Um, It's just for $19. You can get that um, 30 minute quick but very comprehensive um, webinar that I did and if you're interested in the next webinar that's happening that will be on June 15th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time it's actually not up to sign up for it yet but it will be within the next couple of days and this one is going to be me alongside my friend and colleague Jen and we're going to be talking about hormones and money and the impact that money in our lives has on our hormonal and overall health. So that's going to be a really good one. Don't miss it. It'll probably be a little bit longer. It'll probably be a 45 minute one instead of a 30 minute one. And I'm also going to be a part of a women's wellness glamping retreat in August. It's August 7th through the 12th. It will be in Hot Springs, North Carolina. You can come from anywhere, I mean even outside of the U.S., but probably more easily inside the U.S. Um, to be a part of this amazing glamping retreat that's going to be all about real true self-care, um, lots of yoga involved. It is being run by Miss Sadie Chandlet-Avery, a good friend and colleague of mine, and I'm going to be there talking about, you know, my favorite topic, which is hormones and giving women the lowdown on really your adrenal, your liver health, and how it relates back to your hormones and how to um, work with these things. You're also going to get to work with a woman who is going to teach you how to make some of your own herbal concoctions that will help with hormonal health. Um, there's going to be a uh, kombucha tasting hours. There's going to be so many different amazing things happening in the Blue Ridge Mountains and beautiful area um, and great glamping quarters. So you can check that out um, on my IG You can um, check that out if you uh, go to Sadie's website, which is sassafrasrevival.com, and um, I'd love to see you there if you can make it. And just one other quick thing, we love, love, love when you leave reviews, either on iTunes if you're listening there, or on Spotify, it has an option now to leave a five-star review, and this really helps us to, you know, get this podcasts out there to more people as you know there's a gazillion podcasts there these days out there these days and so you know we just really love anytime somebody leaves us a review so that we can have more people listening to this and really my goal is to empower you guys you know that get empowered around your own health, get empowered around your hormones so that you don't have to rely on people that maybe don't know as much about hormones trying to treat you. So anyways, that is it for today. We're going to dive in here with Kitty, and I will see you next week.
1: Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. And each week, I talk with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, your health, and your well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now, let's dive in with today's guest. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I am your host, Christine Garvin, and I'm here with one of my favorites, Miss Kitty Bartone.
2: Howdy. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. So
1: if anybody's listened to this for a little while, you already know Kitty. Um, We had a great conversation during the Hormone Summit and all things bioidentical, progesterone, and more. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. I think it was September of last year. Um, So I invited Kitty to come back and and chat with us today, not only because... she's one of my favorite people and it's so fun for us to talk. Um, but this thing about coffee enemas has been coming up a lot recently. And, um, I think there are a lot of people that are scared about it when they first learn about it. And just as a side note, I have to say like, um, you know, I'm doing this program right now on, on, um, hormones and adrenals and, um, you know, and working with those and then did a GI program in the fall. And I was very happy that they actually teach that coffee enemas are a good support when you are, you know, doing, doing any kind of detoxification of your body. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is much more legit, I think, than a lot of people realize. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I really, you know, um, because I think Kitty has, um, done a great job with kind of telling people about that and using that as a support. I invited her to chat with us today and, um, tell us all about it for those that yeah. didn't do and haven't done it before. So welcome Kitty.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me again. It's always fun.
1: Yes. So much fun. So <laughs> yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Like what are coffee enemas about and why would people want to use them?
2: Um, well, a funny thing. A funny thing that I discovered, the way I discovered them was um, Charlie, my husband, was uh, going to chiropractic school in in South Carolina, and he was friends with a bunch of other chiropractic students and a bunch of hippies and they were all in <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> weird, right? What? And, and um no like just you know South Carolina hippies yeah. and they and they went uh they stay friends forever and then when we got married a bunch of those people you know came out to the to the wedding mm-hmm. and one of them my very dear friend uh, we call him Tomaso Tommy mm-hmm. he um he actually became a naturopathic doctor, and uh, but, but then he was, like, living in his truck. Like, he was such a hippie guy. And uh, after we got married, he said, like, literally at the wedding, he says to... Charlie and I. Hey, you guys, don't mind if I stick around and stay in your place, do you? And we were living in our office at the time. We had this amazing place on on Main Street in Santa Monica, across from Yoga Works, this huge live workspace. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, sure,
1: (laughs) come join the fun. (laughs) Yeah, so
2: he he moved in with us. Was living in our massage room uh, and he was awesome. He was meditating so much. It was all this stuff. But anyway, I came home one day and he was on his head, which was not unusual. He was doing a headstand and he was doing all these things with his legs. And I was like, hi, Tommy. And he's like, hi. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, a coffee enema. And I was like, what? He was
1: doing a handstand while he was doing a coffee enema? A headstand. headstand? Yeah. He was in a headstand. Okay. And he was,
2: yeah, I know. And he was like, (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm like, wait, 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 tell me about this, you know? And so he starts, he's on his head and he's telling me the story about how coffee enemas work. And he said, well, there's this, um, you know, this acid inside of, of caffeine that's from coffee that's called palmitic acid. And, and when you, um, you know, give it to yourself rectally, it enters through the uh, colon and it goes up through the portal system in the veins in the colon, and that, that takes that palmitic acid up into the liver. And this there's this biochemical – he's still on his head at this time – and this <laughs> biochemical reaction happens in the liver, and your liver – it encourages the liver to produce – glutathione. And this massive production of glutathione then calls in the liver to produce more bile. The bile gets sent to the gallbladder. The gallbladder contracts and releases what we call a bile purge. Mm. And glutathione is the master antioxidant in the body. And it helps us clear, well, as we know, I hope. I mean, we—it's it, our our liver does a tremendous amount of filtering our blood, and our entire blood supply in the body goes through our liver every three minutes. Mm. And so every every three minutes, that glutathione is like a trash truck. It's just gathering toxicity, which, as we know, the liver has five hundred functions. Mm. But one of the most important is its hormone conjugation and fat metabolism, and all kinds of trash gets put in there because of that. Uh, Poisonous estrogen, potentially poisonous estrogens, um, broken down, um, other broken down hormones, and let's not even talk about whatever we're exposed to in the environment mm-hmm. has to go through liver. Mm-hmm. So there's all this cleanup that happens. And then you have that bile purge. He's still on his head, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like, let me tell you more.
2: <laughs> and he has this bile purge. You have this bile purge and then you, um, hopefully you have it cause not, you won't always get it. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you every three minutes, like I said, so every three minutes is valuable. So people mm-hmm. that are like, I can't hold it for more than six minutes. Mm-hmm. Right on. That's six yeah. minutes. Yeah, twice so through there. Yeah, yeah. So then you evacuate, and that's that. I was like, "That's that's disgusting, Tommy." <laughs> and I don't know what the heck glutathione is, but you're nuts and uh, have fun. <laughs> and are you doing this in my in my bathroom? <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: You're like, you can't stay with us any longer. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now I was like, okay, well that's interesting. And he didn't really know all of the benefits the way mm-hmm. that I understand them now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it wasn't long after that where I miscarried for the first time. Mm. And I was like, "Um, I might give this a try. So yeah. I just started to implement them. And then I learned about liver flushing. And then I started to marry those two together and had great success. Some of the greatest health um progress that I've ever had because of, because mm. of those two things. So you,
1: you told me before we got on the call that, um, you're doing a liver flush right now. Yeah. So do you want to tell people, cause I know that there are multiple kind of liver flushes out there that people can do. Mm-hmm. So you want to tell people what, what you're doing?
2: Well, I, because of Charlie, I think Charlie was probably my gateway to real health and wellness. Mm. And he, when I, when I met him, he was doing like the Hulda Clark, um, Mm -hmm. flushes and the, the rise and shine flushes. And, um, and so I tried, I, I started to do some of them. Now I will just, I want to just, you know, disclaimer, buyer beware, alert, alert, everybody out there who's listening to this. Take it really slowly. If Mm -hmm. you know you're a sensitive person slow and steady wins the race because I was not like, no one told me that. And I'm like super hyper, hyper, um, sensitive or I was, and I just jumped right in and started doing Mm -hmm. this. I couldn't even get, you know, the first time I tried a liver flush that included the, um, um, what is it called? The it's, it's a bottle. It's not, is it citric acid? It's that gives you diarrhea basically. It's you get it at CVS uh, or whatever okay. and it yeah. helps just clear out your system. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. And it's basically like Epsom salts. Right. So it's probably a magnesium citrate. Gotcha. Is it? Anyway, That is one of the ones
1: that, that will clear you out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: It's a, it's a liquid bottle. It's fizzy and it's disgusting. And Mm -hmm. that no, no sooner than I drank that bottle, did it come right back up. So Mm -hmm. I was just, yeah, that I needed to just be extra careful about how I proceeded with these things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's my disclaimer there, but I'm
1: mm-hmm. very important for people yeah, because yeah, yeah, you know, I've known people that have actually gone to the hospital because of, yeah. you know, too, too fast of that, the liver dumping out the toxins yeah. essentially. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's uh it's pretty intense and the livers holds a lot of nasty, nasty stuff. And so, um, but those other cleanses were fine. I was, you know, when I was able to complete them, I was like, okay, that was interesting. I feel super depleted and horrible. Mm. I, I know I'm doing something good. Yeah. And then I got introduced to the Andreas Moritz Amazing mm. Liver Gallbladder Flush. Okay. And he explains and talks about taking it easy. And so I I really slowed my way into that one and had the most incredible, like, uh, could not believe what was released from my body. And basically Mm. that's a six day flush that you, um, and I've modified it because I feel like I've done, I've probably done more than a hundred now, I'm sure. Wow. And yeah. and. Mm And I, you know, I've modified them. And so now I do what I feel like works best for, for me and Mm -hmm. for my clients and for friends and family that have done them. So Mm -hmm. I've modified that. And, um, and the production is crazy and, and how good you feel the days to follow and Mm -hmm. how long it lasts until you start toxifying again.
1: Right. Um, So is it the one where you, you drink a certain amount of olive oil?
2: Yeah. So you do six days and I do where you're avoiding refined fats and avoiding any kind of you super, super clean for six days. Mm -hmm. And then you're Malic acid during those days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Malic acid is an acid that is uh, found in apples and different fruits that have a tartness to them, and they use it to make candy and stuff. But it's just very, very tart, and it's not bad for you at all. It um, is antifungal, and so it helps to break down some of that mucosal uh, production that happens when you're doing a flush, Mm. but it also softens the stones, the hepatic stones, and the the gallstones, it softens all that gunk mm. that's in there. So it can, you know, move, move out when yeah. you have the blush. And then on the sixth evening, you drink, um, delicious absinthe. it's making my mouth water just talking about it because it's so disgusting. <laughs>
1: it's the worst. <laughs> the malic
2: acid, I mean the Epsom, the Epsom salt.
1: It's so, yeah. worse than olive oil. Oh it's yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's and like spo- yeah. you're poisoning yourself. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yep, yeah, that I, I've d I have i haven't done it in years, but I can still remember the taste of that Epsom salt. You're like, oh, you know, just holding your yeah. nose, just trying to get it down.
2: And the yeah. first time you drink it and you're like, wait a minute, th- why is this called salt? This yeah. is not this is no. this should be called like, you know, like I don't know, Epsom bitter. Hell yeah. juice. Like, yeah. I don't know, do you so do you mix
1: it with um, a juice or do you do it with just no. water? Oh, you just I do just do water? it with oh, that's even more water. Water. I was like, I think I did it with apple juice when I do it or grapefruit juice or something like any it's still horrible, you know, yeah, but I yeah. can't imagine doing it straight water. Woof Yeah. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> that's <hardcore>. soft. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> following the rules. Yeah. So so um he now recommend or he he's passed, Andreas Moritz it's his mm. but the modification in his new book, his most recent that revision was uh, tart cherry juice. So people mm. can do that, mm-hmm. but I like the malic acid for those antifungal reasons.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and it also dilates the neck of the gallbladder, mm. which is cool. So that's what you want, right? When you're, when you're passing this gunk, you want that gallbladder to be relaxed and not hard at work and just mm-hmm. like sitting there available. And then, uh, and then of course the grapefruit juice and olive oil, which is, s- gross, but it's not as bad as the Epsom salt. No,
1: it's definitely not. You're you're kind of like relieved by the time you can drink that. And especially, I remember maybe the first, a couple of times I did it. It really didn't bother me at all Mm. to drink that olive oil, but then later, I think just kind of like the the memory, memory. yeah, like kicks in, and so you're like, "Oh
2: God, here we go." (laughs) It does put a little bit of a of a taint on your uh, olive oil experience after that (laughs) when you have a salad or whatever. Yeah, you're like, "I'm gonna
1: stay away from that for a little while." yeah.
2: Yeah, but I um I. As long as I don't breathe through my nose and I don't smell it. Mm-hmm. So it's just the grapefruit juice is sweet. So when you're drinking the grape at that point, you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, so hungry. Mm-hmm. And you drink it. The All I kind of taste is the grapefruit juice, as long mm-hmm. as I don't breathe through my nose. And then, um, but the first few times, I'm, I know i know making this super, super appealing to everyone who's listening. <laughs> but after that, like for easily the first seven or eight flushes, I got to mm-hmm. be honest. I got really sick the night mm-hmm. I drank the juice. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that um, what I've learned is that when you have a really congested liver like that and your liver's at rest for six days, you know, it's not doing a ton of mm-hmm. fat metabolizing, mm-hmm. you drink that four, four ounces of olive oil and you're, it kind of spasms the liver. Mm-hmm. But if you have so much buildup in there, it like, it can shoot the bile back into your stomach. Mm. And when it goes into your stomach, that's what makes you so sick. It's mm. not the oil, obviously, because I haven't gotten sick from a, a um, cleanse in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I would be up just puking. Mm. And I'm like, when is this going to end? This is, yeah. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but then, you know, you start to release and you're releasing, you know, dice size, hard gallstones. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's when it's like. Feel okay. amazing afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you I have to get to the morning. big ones. <laughs> I know. And there's my husband doing it with me, and he's, like, snoring fast, asleep like <laughs> a baby. And I'm just, like, I feel like I'm in a boat. Uh, really oh, really oh, God.
1: So you feel like after the seventh or eighth time doing it, that that stopped, though, that kind of reaction?
2: Yeah, and I changed it again. I am, um, instead of going right to bed, I would lay upright or sit mm-hmm. on a chaise and just lay, sit upright so that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't lay down and the, and the oil comes straight. Right. And, um, I use this, you know, those, um, I don't know. I have one, it's called a Phoenix. It's the thumpers. It's the the muscle thumpers where it's, okay massagers that are really high, high, high vibration. And you Mm -hmm. put them on your, you see them all over the internet. Now we got one called a Phoenix and Mm -hmm. I put that right on my gallbladder point, my liver Mm -hmm. point. And I just would thump that thing away. And um, so I've changed a bunch of stuff now. And I think that I don't have as much congestion. Thank God after that many flushes. Yeah, right. I haven't passed huge stones in years. And I just, um, it just, you know, what does come out is are you, do you have a disclaimer on this as a TMI? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, I should put that definitely all over yeah. <laughs> this podcast because yeah, we always you, get a good stuff like this. Yeah. And
2: everyone <laughs> will listen because they'll yeah. be like, oh, I have to. Yeah. So it's uh, like sludge, you know, like mm. there's just this like tremendous amount of like heavy sludge that comes out and you're sitting there going, "Is this been in me? Right. Like this is, I'm walking around sitting, with yeah. this garbage inside of me. Yeah. And so foul, you know, just like right. unbelievable. So and you're just
1: like what, all the toxins that are in that, right? Yeah. <laughs> all the estrogen, whatever, all the Yeah. Stuff. Uh, I yeah.
2: mean, I've had, I've, you know, my husband and I always laugh because it's always something different and weird. You know, I've smelled chemicals. I've smelled mm. chemical, chemical smells that almost smell like nail varnish, like that powerful. Wow. Like you walk into a nail salon type of potent. Wow. In yeah. Charlie's had, he's passed, um he, he did a parasite cleanse, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I don't always recommend, but he, he, he was under the care of my mentor and my mentor put him on this cleanse and he mm-hmm. did this cleanse and he passed all these dead liver liver flukes.
1: I've, I've heard about that happening. Yeah. I've never I had mean, that we, personally, but yeah.
2: Yeah. We actually had to, you know, remove them from the toilet just so we could take pictures on a paper towel. <laughs>
1: <and> <laughs> I always wonder was, when people take pictures. Cause I remember, were you ever, did you ever get on cure zone? back in the day. No. Okay. No. So it was a you know kind of the early before people were on Facebook and and in groups and stuff. It was the the thing that people got on to to talk about all the stuff. Okay. And I think that might have been where I first learned about liver flushes possibly, I don't know. But I would be on there, you know, and everybody would have like these pictures. And I'm like, okay, how did so what do you do? Do you take a paper towel? How do you get it? Do you scoop it out with like a kitty litter thing? Like Right. I use plastic
2: spoon, like plastic spoons. You know, oh, okay. It, <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: dig it on out. And put it, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. But sometimes if you just put a paper towel in, it will stick to it. Depends mm-hmm. on what it is. Mm-hmm. But, um, and most of that stuff floats, so you don't really have to go digging around. Digging
1: deep <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Although, I mean, I've had clients, I've got, you know, I think all of us practitioners have photo albums of, pretty horrible stuff that I find fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I, I've had clients that literally have, you know, they look like jade gems Mm. in bowls that, you know, Mm -hmm. huge stones that Mm -hmm. literally look like something you could make jewelry from. Yeah. Like massive pieces of turquoise looking stones. I'm like, how is this even in your body?
1: Exactly. And making its way through your body and out, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So do you employ coffee enemas?
2: So that is one of the modifications I made because Mm -hmm. a lot of people, like for some reason, I don't, and I'm a huge proponent and supporter and advocate of colonics. Mm -hmm. Huge. Mm -hmm. But I, I know that not everybody gets great production from them and i don't mm. know why i'm one of those people mm-hmm. i think maybe it's a bit of apprehension you're holding your mm. i don't know mm-hmm. but um and trust me i know i can hear the colon hydrotherapist from cyberspace right now saying you haven't had enough or you haven't had the right person or whatever." right right i've been you know, i've been i've had plenty and i don't <laughs> know what it is i don't know so i found that the coffee enemas um the morning of Mm -hmm. uh, like at least two of them, Mm -hmm. at least two of them will really help production. So the very first time I did a flush with Charlie, a proper one of these flushes, like from start to finish. And Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do a colonic. We went on a vacation like two days or three days later. Mm -hmm. And the day or two days after I um, did the flush, I woke up with hives, and mm. I was covered. And I'm not talking about like your typical hive bur- outbreak where your legs are itchy. Or I'm talking about welts on the back of my scalp, from Whoa. my neck, my t- my underarms. I was covered. I looked, and it was summertime, and here I am getting on an airplane. And you can visibly <laughs> look at my body and be like, "People are like, what is scalp.
1: going on with her?"
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and. And I realized, you know, that I hadn't, that, so, you know, I was already, I was having gut issues to begin with, which is mm-hmm. why I even, you know, was having any problems with my, my health in general was beginning with my gut. Mm-hmm. And my gut was not moving mm-hmm. and my, my bowels weren't moving. I wasn't evacuating properly to begin mm-hmm. with. So sluggish bowels. Mm-hmm. And then I did this flush, it dumped mm-hmm. right into which were not moving mm-hmm. so i recycled all these toxins and my liver went Way, i just yeah. got rid of all that yeah stuff. yeah, they're like it's back, it's back. <laughs> and it just went eh, and it pushed uh, it to you know to the, to the surface of my skin yeah and um it took a good week and a half i mean i was just in the ocean constantly just trying to like we went to hawaii and i was just i didn't want to get out of the ocean because the only mm. thing that felt better but um So, so definitely follow the instructions, Mm -hmm. (laughs) follow the rules, get your colonics, work Mm -hmm. on your colon first, you know, do a Mm -hmm. lot of gut work. And, um, but I feel like, yes, it's intimidating for a lot of people because of what we just shared. But I think that um, I would not have gotten to the place I was with my health if I hadn't found them, Mm -hmm. if I hadn't been doing Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So that's my, my take.
1: Yeah. And I think when people start to really understand how impactful the liver is, you know, and how it really is the epicenter of our health mm-hmm. and that there's just no way for it to be able to deal with all the things that we deal with on a daily basis, right? Just like the the chemicals when you – even in your home, you know, much less mm-hmm. – Every other place that you walk out to, the things that we eat, et cetera, et cetera, you know, the many levels of it. It's like our livers are working so hard, but they need some support too, right? And I think there are definitely ranges of it. You know, I know that um, some people will do the the, the type where you – I think you just do like a tablespoon of olive oil with garlic and maybe lemon for – Five or six days in a row, oh, yeah. you know that's mm-hmm. a, that's a uh, maybe a more gentle place to start for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I I agree. I mean, it was I did a, a bunch of those in my twenties and thirties, um, and I definitely want to do it again. It's like getting my body back to a place where it feels safe to kind of do an in, you know intense thing. But um, I will say that I did coffee enemas the day of and the day after probably just like the last few times that I had done a liver flush and it was Mm -hmm. a huge difference. So I definitely highly recommend that people do that, you know, I think they don't, it's not always tops of the list for people to think about that aspect of it.
2: I mean, it's a two part thing. You're getting the, the peristalsis moving, which Mm -hmm. is probably the most important part about that Mm -hmm. process of, you know, and if you don't, if you have a sensitivity to caffeine or you're afraid of the the coffee enema, you Mm -hmm. can also do water enemas. Mm but the reason for, with the, with the liver flush, but the reason for doing the coffee is it's just encouraging that purge. You know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're aiding the liver and the gallbladder in that process that it's already underway. Um, And so you're just helping with that coffee enema. Mm -hmm. And I, I really encourage the S.A. Wilson's coffee because um, it does have more palmitic acid Mm -hmm. and also it's it's a lighter color, so mm-hmm. when you do, if you use dark coffee and you you know you evacuate, you can't really see anything that's in the toilet because it's mm-hmm. dark. And you want to look, you want to right. see. You, you definitely
1: want to see what's in you there. Do, you <laughs> do.
2: And and not and not just for the pure fascination of it, but also <laughs> because it's important. You know, there's yeah. there's like suds that can form that look almost looks like soap coming out, and mm-hmm. those are like uh, microscopic cholesterol shards. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you're dumping cholesterol. You're mm-hmm. you're dumping dumping seeds, little things that look like seeds. You could be Mm. dumping, you know, parasitic things. You could be dumping gallstones. You could be dumping impacted fecal matter, which looks very different from, you know, regular Mm -hmm. fecal matter. But by that time, you don't have any fecal matter in the body that's from the food you ate because you fasted and you've done this, all this um, Epsom salt. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
2: so what's coming out is usually impacted. And that's, that's like, you need to know, you need to Mm -hmm. see what's going on in your bowels so that you can, keep doing them. Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a client who is more committed than I will ever be. She's got the (laughs) commitment and the passion of 10 people and she, um, and I, I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. She sends, she's in Detroit. She sends me her, um, lab results and everything. Mm -hmm. She's been doing these. She's been a client for like 10 years. She has done probably, I don't know, thousands of liver flushes. She tries to do one a month. For her whole life.
1: That is committed.
2: It's committed.
1: <laughs> wow. And she
2: has, yeah. And she also lives on the body ecology diet. That's mm-hmm. her life because mm-hmm. she was severely ill and she lost her husband, who was also my client mm-hmm. of, of a specific type of cancer. And she was really scared mm-hmm. I and mean, she's like, I don't want to go that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she, um, but the most, the reason I'm telling this story is because one of the things that, that neither of us expected was that um, she no longer wears glasses, and Whoa. she had really poor eyesight. And she came to me wow. with her, yeah, she came to me with her um, vision tests and everything, and she's got 20-20 vision, and she's probably 61 now.
1: It's, it's so funny. I Just that reminds me, you know, I went to get – I had to get um i'd already had my glasses redone but i needed um prescription for my contacts to to get new contacts cuz unfortunately i had a friend that worked at um an eye place where i was getting free contacts for about 4 years which was Ooh. amazing i know and then she left i was like ah now i got to buy them again oh, so i man. went and you know did the the whole um um checking of my eyes and checking of the eye pressure that's you know a part of most of the time when you go and, um, I had a higher eye pressure when I was young. And so that's something that I've kind of always paid attention to and it had gone a bit higher again, you know? And I said, well, do you think it has something to do with, you know, these surgeries that I went through and, you know, losing part of my colon and the inflammation in the body and you know, the ophthalmologist was like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, okay, <laughs> of course wow. it is. You know, it's just, it's yeah. so amazing that people still see everything so different in the body. Like, you know, like your eyes aren't, connected to the rest of your body and the inflammation right. that's happening in your body, you know, this happening. Right. So I was like, all right.
2: Well, I mean, even, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, man, they really had it right. I mean, I guess the thousands and thousands of years of doing this, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the same thing over they and over, you down. start to realize, yeah. and you know, they correlate the, the, the eyes with the right eye with the right large mm-hmm. colon and the left eye with the left large mm-hmm. colon. And so, you know, to make that connection, it's like, well, of course, not only did you have this massive, you know, um, medical problem with mm-hmm. your colon, mm-hmm. but you are also sliced into. Exactly. Which is, creates all these interference fields on the front of your body, which lead yep. right up to your eyeballs. And, yeah. you know, the tension of that, which probably creates all kinds of dura matter tension that pulls on your occiput, which affects your eyes. Right. And we haven't even gotten to the liver yet. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. I'm mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's all messed up in here. I know that's part of it, but I'm working on it. We're
2: all all a hot mess, aren't we? Yeah,
1: exactly, on some level. So Mm -hmm. um, going back to the coffee enema, you know, I have, um, I know that you had posted about this recently, which I thought was interesting because I never knew this, that you don't actually want the coffee to go that far into your rectum. Is that true? Um, okay.
2: So yeah, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. I was, I was, uh, misinformed and I should find that post and fix it. Okay. So, um, I was told, I, I think it might've even been by this same person. And I think his information has changed because so much more research in an mm-hmm. anecdotal way has been done since he calls it empirical because he's like when, a, a you know, a thousand people do right. this, like it's, it's, that's empirical. Right. So he. Um, he said that it's all the veins in the entire colon from the rectum all the way to the end of the of the of the large colon mm-hmm. he said there those, those veins are throughout that lead up mm-hmm. to the portal system mm-hmm. so he said he said do you want to get it further up he said yeah you can get it as much as you as far as you can get it he mm-hmm. said but it's not necessary okay. it isn't it isn't like imperative that you do so and um so i just interviewed him the other day and um so that podcast is coming up and it's all about liver cleansing so that's so interesting when you messaged me about doing this i was mm-hmm. like yeah it's definitely it's definitely out here like Mm -hmm. being everyone's picking at this information and Mm -hmm. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. So I created this little guidebook that I'm going to be, um, it's going to be available on my website hopefully in the next week. And it's just a a liver gallbladder, um, liver gallbladder detox guide. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I haven't decided maybe like 32 bucks or something. It's Mm -hmm. not, You know, it's just a super easy accessible, it's got my video in there, it has my, um, the PDFs for the coffee enema, the PDF for the liver, my modified liver flush, and then the juicing that I like to do to support the liver flush um, all the time, and -hmm. then some supplement recommendations. Nice. Uh, So, yeah, and so he was saying... um, you know, that it didn't have to go all the way up. He was saying uh, that it doesn't get absorbed the way caffeine does. Now, I'd like to take him to task on that because (laughs) I, think, and I did say this to him and he's like, well, until we can actually He went into that principle of uniqueness that Donna Gates Mm. talks about where it's like, until we can actually do proper studies behind these things, we don't know because your body is different from my body. And if you are getting a caffeine high, and I know the difference, I know the Mm -hmm. difference between that euphoria you feel after you dump all that toxicity where you're Mm -hmm. just like, yes, And then a caffeine high jittery for a while, you know, I feel I'm sweaty. I feel like I could, you know, clean my whole house with a toothbrush. I'm like, (laughs) that kind of, I don't know if you ever get that way. And, and I said, I know the difference. And I feel like when that happens, I know I've absorbed that caffeine into my system as if I had drank coffee mm-hmm. and he said he disagreed but he said he had no way to prove it and that right. maybe it was actually just an individual thing right maybe that's right. more permeable in some way maybe who knows? who knows yeah
1: it would be interesting and I'll get I want to ask you about this in a minute but um, for me I felt like I I don't know that it was it was a different feeling than if I had done a water enema for sure yes. like I was definitely much more just clear-headed and like just, I don't know, like everything was awake and alive, but it it wasn't the same for me as if I would have drank coffee, right? It didn't give me that jittery feeling. So, you know, I always attributed some of that to being caffeine, but just kind of processing through my system differently, Mm -hmm. you know, than if I had drank it, but, but who knows? I feel like it doesn't necessarily impact your adrenals in the same way. You know? Some people
2: would argue with that too. You yeah. Know, some people would say. In fact, there's uh, some people on the on my estrogen dominant support group who got it got kind of heated, and I ended mm-hmm. up having I to. I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it can get out of control. Yeah. Um, but they were talking about, um, you know, uh, adrenal fatigue and mm-hmm. and cortisol production and how caffeine raises cortisol and mm-hmm. if you have hormone imbalance, you shouldn't do it. And I agree with that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think once again, like, and, and the reason it got heated is because I really, it, a pet peeve of mine is to come in to the group or into my office or in or whatever into this my personal space and tell me or clients or group members of the group, this is how you do it and this is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're crazy for doing it the way you did it. Mm-hmm. InstaBlock. Yeah. Hashtag InstaBlock. <laughs> I can't stand that behavior because I don't do that and I don't want people to do that to me. Right. So once again, what Dr. Medici was saying, that principle of uniqueness, it's like, you know, if you, if you, if I am absorbing it, and I do have adrenal fatigue or I have hormone imbalance, it, it might cause that problem. Yeah. So you have to weigh out, for, and we don't know, because yeah. the FDA doesn't care about you. To, they don't want you to touch your own butt. Absolutely. So, so it's, Except in the so hospitals
1: when it's needed. I mean. When they do
2: it for you. Right, don't, right. You don't right. have a butt. You don't right, have a butthole. Right. You don't have a vagina. And you
1: definitely don't want to use coffee. Like, I yeah. I wouldn't even bring that part up to a doctor right. ever, right? Ever, ever. Yeah.
2: They don't want us to think we have any, any, anything in the bathing suit area, <laughs> as my husband likes to say. We have nothing in the bathing suit area. Men do have penises. We know right, that. Right, right. But No. Nope, nope, don't touch it. Don't touch it. So, um You know, if you do have uh, a reaction, so this is my theory. If you're sensitive, you're scared, instead of doing the three tablespoons, do one tablespoon Mm -hmm, and dilute mm -hmm. it with that quart of water and take baby steps. And, you know, if you go into it with fear and anticipation of things going wrong, that's a bad idea. Right. To go into it with being cautious, journal it. If you write down what's happening, that way the next time you do it, you can say, Oh, I, you know, whatever. And you'll Mm -hmm. have a record and you'll say, is this benefiting me or not? Am I on the right path or not?
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: um, and most people will say, wow, that's, I felt so good. Mm -hmm. I had this production. Now the bile purge is super important. And I feel like that doesn't always come on the first try. Mm -hmm. So I like to make sure to be specific about what to expect from a bile purge, which of course is that skunky, unmistakable odor that's different from, poo mm-hmm. or, and anything else that comes out of your butt. It's like, there's a specific skunkiness to mm-hmm. it. Some people say it almost smells like, like a mildewy bell pepper. <laughs>
0: because,
2: yeah. There's very specific. Is it a kitty's head? Yeah, He's, oh. he's
1: creeping. <laughs> he's like, She's I'm so just so gonna...
2: close. I, know. Cl-. I was like, is that what donkey? is happening?
1: <laughs>
2: so yeah, it's like, it's very, um, I, that's the goal with those, with those coffee enemas, because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're just evacuating the coffee you put up there and it's really not a huge benefit. And I don't know how to encourage that.
1: except Yeah. So, okay. So here's my question because, you know, I've um, desperately wanted to do them again, but I have been very nervous too because of losing the ileocecal valve, you know, and not only that, but you know, if I still had the majority of my colon, then I would worry less. But because almost half of my colon is gone, you know, I'm worried about it going up too far in the colon and basically mm-hmm. going into my, my small intestine because of not having that ileocecal valve to protect it. Um, so I was really interested when I read about, you know, not having to have it that far in. But how can you yeah. really keep it from going that far in. Is it just the amount that you use?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's the amount and the height that you hang the bag. Mm. So the gravity, the higher it is, it's going to shoot that coffee. Right.
1: Further in. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then some people who have a lot like, you know, like really good uh, breathers, like people who do Kundalini, Mm -hmm. people who are really flexible with their abdominal breath and their abdomen and all of that stuff, they can move it. And this is why Tommy was standing on his head is because he was trying to get it through his transverse colon over to his um, ascending colon. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. trying to get it in there. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't go get in there easily. Right. So really, you could even take a... Uh, an anal syringe or a nasal bulb and put mm-hmm. a little coffee in there to start mm-hmm. and maybe administer it just get on your knees and just get it and administer it that way that so way. it's not much and then don't lay down just I mean it's harder because you know when you don't yeah. lay down you want it's like
1: you want to just go yeah. yeah
2: yeah and just don't move around a lot and keep it so that it, it doesn't it has no desire to go with gravity right. take it the gravity
1: yeah, that's yeah. a good idea because I was like you know I, I did it the way that I did it before was that traditional way of hanging it up. Mm -hmm. you know, as far as it can kind of go, and then just allowing it all to go in, though I know that even in that time, you know, yeah, it doesn't go really probably past the descending colon for most Mm -hmm. people, but just since I, you know, all of my ascending colon is gone, and half of the transverse is gone, Um, and so that's, you know, and just the way that it's kind of shaped now, it's just like it kind of goes up and over into my small intestine. So that's what's made me nervous, you know, and just like any inflammation that's, uh, you know, still happening in there. But it's like particularly with the work that I've done to heal my gut And knowing, you know, my liver was so overloaded with the anesthesia, the multiple rounds of anesthesia, the pain meds, you know, I mean, the antibiotics, it's like, I would love to (laughs) use it, you know, but it's, it's that I don't want to obviously mess with my, my intestines in any kind of way. Right. I
2: mean, if you were my client, I mm-hmm. would, I would not, uh, I would not want you to do it, mm-hmm. but because, uh, uh, honestly, if I'm being honest, because mm-hmm. of liability and mm-hmm. because, you know, um, I don't know the outcome. Mm-hmm. If it were okay. my right. body. I would do it. Yeah. I would be like, I got to. I just got to try because yeah. I know how it could benefit me. And I doubt one, you know, four ounce, uh, right. implant of coffee is going to create an issue, but that's me, you know, and, yeah. and I wouldn't be here with my health if I hadn't taken those crazy risks or risks that, um, you know, it, I, I would probably have not done a lot of the things that I do that I'm so happy that I did, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So, and I, It makes me feel better to think too about doing a smaller amount like that. You know, I didn't really think about using like a syringe because, and even when you had posted that, I was like, okay, if I can kind of keep it in, you know, not going past my sigmoid colon, then mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident in it, you know, yeah. in, in, the more that you understand with the portal vein, it you know, absolutely yeah. can suck it up and take it up to your liver and, um, give you the benefits too. Yeah. So, um,
2: I know, you know, I know there's coffee enema groups and stuff and people are like, you have to use a catheter and get it as high up as you right. possibly can. And I just, I have never, I have, I, I take that back. I have used catheter before, and only because my enema kits that somebody sent me as a gift, because that's the kind of stuff I get as an influencer. <laughs> I always say- like,
1: Give my, me the stuff. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. I always say,
2: my girlfriend, who's a Pilates instructor to the stars, she yeah. gets like yoga outfits and tennis shoes and water bottles. stuff. And, and I'm like, I get poop tests and, and <laughs> coffee enema kits and- which and you great. wouldn't have it
1: any different. other way. I wouldn't.
2: I'd love some yoga pants. But, yeah. you
1: know. You're like, I'll take that too. Yeah, like in, I'll do a little video wearing cute yoga pants as I'm getting <laughs> ready to do <laughs> my enema.
2: Right? Exactly. Imagine the video I made, and or, I wasn't, and I was wearing some cute yoga pants. Exactly. Some cute trainers. It'd be great
1: if you're anybody's so, listening.
2: <laughs> yeah, anybody out there want to send me some free swag? Yeah. I'll wear it while I do an enema demo. <laughs> Um I love that. They're like, no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they're Sorry like we're tra- we're trying to stay as far away from that as possible. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, unfollow. Yeah. So, um but what was I saying? Um
1: I, like, do I don't even off? know where we left off. Oh um, I, I was, Oh, the end of
2: the catheter. Yeah. The catheter. So mm-hmm. the catheter. Um, you know, so I, I came with a catheter and I used, a, it came with two, cause I didn't want to use the same one. I don't mm-hmm. know why. And so I used them and I didn't have any different of an experience. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I probably get a bile perch when I do coffee enemas about 60 to 70% of the time. Okay. And I usually will do them between, um, Nine and ten a.m. or two and three p.m. because during those times, is a lot of bile production is going Mm -hmm. on, and so I and then I do a lot because I feel like the pressure somehow, maybe all of the pressure. It's almost like if you, you know, if you like fill up a balloon or not. I don't know. It's like if, if there's enough volume in the colon, I feel like that pressure will force it into the veins. This is me making this up. Mm -hmm. It'll force more of the palmitic acid up Mm -hmm. into the portal system Mm -hmm. is my like guess. Mm -hmm. And because for some reason, when I am able to do up to two quarts of the Mm -hmm. water, I always, and I'm relaxed and I don't have anywhere to go after and Mm -hmm. there's no pressure. I um, always get a bile purge and Mm -hmm. that's me. You know, Mm -hmm. Charlie, he has to do tiny amount. If he does too much, he can't hold it. He gets, Mm. you know, gas pains. And so everybody has to find their unique, you know, yeah. Yeah. Unique amount. mm -hmm.
1: So, uh, you know, this is something that came up earlier that I just thought about again. So what if people don't have a gallbladder? How, you know, does that impact them in terms of, of doing this kind of stuff? And,
2: and well, um, yeah. I think, you know, in my personal and professional opinion, I think those are the people that need them more than Mm -hmm. anybody Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're having a backup of Mm -hmm. this toxic buildup because they don't have a gallbladder that's going to help them. So the the, the liver will just spit out bile randomly. Right,
1: right. Kind of consistently into the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Into the small intestine.
2: And then you'll sit down and you'll eat um, a fatty meal and the liver is like, it doesn't spit it out because that's not its job Mm -hmm. to spit it out when you eat that fatty meal. Mm -hmm. So now what happens, that fat doesn't get fully broken down when it should Mm -hmm. and then it backs up into the body into the liver, weight gain, fatty liver. Um, so I think that the, the gallbladder is, uh, way more important than, than doctors who take them out lead you to think, Oh, or maybe, absolutely. or maybe they just don't know. Yeah. And, I um, think that's probably more of it, you yeah, know, which is worrisome. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I remember my mom went in and she's they're like, you're having a gallbladder attack and we're going to take your gallbladder out. Uh, it wasn't an emergency surgery, but, they made an appointment for her to come back and, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's a day surgery. won't be here that long. It's like, and the doctor said, it's like a haircut.
1: Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> This vital organ that we're going to take out yeah, is it's like a, a haircut, like a yep. haircut. Yep. and,
2: um, and that that's what I I think it was a woman and that's what she does all day. Yeah. That's all she does. She she visits Cause to the, her
1: it's with, like a haircut.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um and then you know, Sha'da, don't worry. They don't even they don't even encourage you to get this though. It never really was a gallbladder attack. Mm-hmm. She was having an H pylori mm-hmm. um, flare up. Mm-hmm. that's what it ended up being mm-hmm. because she had it again, not that long, l- long after the gallbladder. And then she found out it up. was
0: H. Pylori. And then she
2: went, oh my gosh, how can this be? I don't have a gallbladder. Like, oh, you have H. Pylori. She's like, this is exactly what I ha- felt the- with the gallbladder attack. So she deduced that she probably wasn't even having a gallbladder attack. Oh, that's
1: that's, not- that is, and I feel like that happens more than you, you know, people would think like that. it's oh, yeah. They just, that if it's in that area, a pain in that area, they're like, Oh, it's your gallbladder. Let's take it out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So when you do the coffee enema and the, the purge kind of happens, is that more intense for people than that don't have a gallbladder? Because I haven't it's like, heard, okay, yeah. go ahead.
2: I haven't heard all the, all the people, and there's a lot of them that mm-hmm. have that don't have gallbladders that do coffee enemas and liver flushes. Mm-hmm. Um, they have not reported anything different to me at all. Okay. All. That's good. We don't get the as many as of the large stones mm-hmm. as um, people with gallbladders get, but they get a lot of the tiny little ones that I always say look like the nerd candies. <laughs> you know nerds? <laughs> yeah, yeah, else? yeah. I love yeah, the nerds. Like a bunch of <laughs> they were like my jam pe- back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they look like a bunch of little pea, pea uh, light green pea colored, um, peas in the vegetable mm-hmm. um uh nerd candies floating in the toilet right mm-hmm. and and you can get like you can get thousands of them mm-hmm. so like you'll evacuate and you'll look and it'll look like um one mass of something like maybe like a like you poured a cup of i don't know mashed potatoes in the toilet and then mm-hmm. if you look closer they're tiny, tiny little hepatic stones that have been clogging up the biliary veins and the liver and the liver um, ducts of the of the liver. Isn't I that
1: mean, crazy that our body can still work at all? Yeah. Right, that yeah. our liver and our gallbladders can work at all when all of that stuff is in there.
2: Yeah. And then the, I like the naysayers when they're like, "It's just soap stones that the, right. from drinking the olive oil." Right. Like I drink four ounces of olive oil, and I've just gone to the toilet twenty-five times. Yeah. A lot more than four ounces.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you very
2: much. And then you know, then you keep doing them, and then you don't pass any stones. So tell right. me what
1: happens there, right? Right. Exactly. Anyway,
2: we're not talking to them anymore. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, in
1: case they were listening, which they yeah. probably won't be anyway.
2: <laughs> So yeah, so I think that people without a gallbladder, they don't need to do anything special because of that as mm-hmm. far as the flushes and cleanses are concerned. Um, use the same precautions, you know, and uh, and I think, you know, uh, Andreas Moritz used to recommend once a month for a year and then like three times a year after, six mm-hmm. times a year after that, three times a year after that, and mm-hmm. then go back to once a month for a year
0: and, oh, okay. then,
2: and just keep doing that pattern. I... I couldn't do that right away. I had to do one and take a couple months off because it was so sensitive. Now I probably should get on it and just do them once a month, especially if they're going to be as easy as the one I did last Mm -hmm. week.
1: And you would do that like six day prep every time?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard really. Um, you can get malic acid in capsules now. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can take, you know, six to 12 of those a day and then just don't eat anything fried or processed and Mm -hmm. no refined oils. And, you know, you can still have fat, but you just don't have that bad fat Mm -hmm. or the refined oils that congest the liver also. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and that's all in my guide that's coming out too. So if anyone wants to get a little bit of help with that, it's going to be on healthygutgirl.com. Nice. Just go like online programs. It'll be there somewhere. I haven't nice. put it out yet. It's
1: coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Well, Hopefully, yeah, this this episode will be out, you know, next week. So it'll be a good time. Oh, good. Yeah, people can check it out. Um, so one other question about um, using the coffee enemas. If you're not doing the liver flushes, how often do you recommend people do that? And, you know, is it something particularly if you're having hormone imbalance issues that you, mm-hmm. you recommend for people?
2: I'm glad you brought this up because so many people fall. I mean, like I would say 85% of the people that try them, love them and mm-hmm. continue to make them a part of their life is in people who are like, I just don't have time and my kids and da, da, and then they do it and they're like, Oh, I make time. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Better than my cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> But I say start with if you're brand new, start with two times a week for six weeks, okay, and then take a break for six weeks and then do it again. But um, I go through phases where I won't do them for a few months, mm-hmm. and then I'll do them, you know, like four times a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it just it, it it again with the what's unique to you and what works for you. You know, you might find that I'm, one thing I do not support and people can do what they want, Mm -hmm. but I do not support using them as a mode to go to the bathroom because they're constipated. And I don't support, I don't endorse doing them every day just because you like them and because you can. They're very depleting.
1: Right. That's the thing people need to, you know, realize you have to replenish your electrolytes afterwards. That's a big, big thing I don't think a lot of people even think about.
2: Right. And also, um, there it's dehydrating. Well, mm-hmm. the electrolytes, uh, goes all hand in hand mm-hmm. with that. But, um, and that is, is detrimental to adrenal fatigue mm-hmm. and adrenal mm-hmm. issues. So that makes you wonder, are these women who are set on the fact that they're so bad for your adrenals? Is it because they were doing too many if mm-hmm. they weren't replenishing? Mm-hmm. So, um, any form of detox is depleting. Getting mm-hmm. in a sauna is depleting, mm-hmm. getting in, you know, um, doing any kind of detoxification, detoxification is depleting. colonic mm-hmm. is depleting. Of course, the colon hydrotherapist is going to help you replenish when you're done, but Mm -hmm. have no, have no doubt. There is, it is depleting. Mm -hmm. So I don't recommend people doing them every day. I think Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and I do think they're addicting for that reason, not Mm -hmm. to, not to the caffeine, but just to that process of, Releasing, you yeah, because like people
1: feel so good. I mean,
2: you know, yeah. I mean,
1: there are times where I, I've had that release, and I'm like, that was better than an orgasm. You know, like <laughs> seriously, you're just like, this is amazing. You know,
2: I have to, I have to tell you this just because you said it, not me. So <laughs> <I laughs> last it. night, so last night, my husband. This wasn't the the coffee enema though. I'm already blushing. My husband. Was <laughs> My husband was watching Blade Runner because he's like, all right, well, if you're doing all this stuff, I'm going to watch Blade Runner again for the first time. So he orders like Thai food or something. He's yeah, like, thanks, the, yeah, he's laying on the sofa eating Thai food, drinking red wine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in, it, I'm committed. I have music. I'm listening. I know I'm listening to my Audible, da, I'm in the bathroom. And I, I had had my second Epsom salt. And I also, what did I do? I was massaging my bowel and I was Mm. using that thumper and I was just like really, you know, and all of a sudden I had to have my first evacuation because once you start those Epsom salts, as you know, a lot of people will start evacuating that night before, whereas normally you won't start till after you've had the oil and you wake up in the morning. I Mm. start straight away. Mm -hmm. So that first release, I'm telling you, it was like somebody poured a bucket of paint into the into the toilet. It was so much like Wow. I don't even know what it was because there was no poop in there. It was just like this massive release. And it and of course it wasn't pleasant to be in there at the time. But I was like, (laughs) and I just let out this incredible moan. (laughs) And Charlie
1: He's like, honey, what's going on in there?
2: Exactly. He's like, Are you okay? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, What's going on in there? I just started laughing because I was like, almost what you think, yeah. yeah. that's how good it felt. It was incredible.
1: I mean, you know, I remember at some point there was a thing that came out about women having orgasms while they gave birth. And I Mm -hmm. feel like it's kind of similar a little bit with, you know, doing, doing the enemas, because like, you know, that wall... Mm -hmm. between your booty and your vagina, you know, is, is, I mean, it's small, you know, and there's all kinds, and obviously, you know, without going too much into it, some people like going using your area because it's got plenty of nerves and everything there too. So it's like this very interesting, you know, feeling that can happen. And it's not the same as an orgasm, but it's like that, that release, right? That release. Yes. I think that's, I mean, you've
2: taught millions of tiny blood vessels there in that whole area, you know, and, um, it's so funny that you say, say that because when I saw, I talk about Peter Evans once in a while, who was this energy worker, who's a bit of a psychic, very, very fascinating guy. Mm -hmm. And I went to see him. um, I've seen him uh, like a dozen times. And one time I went in and I said, I told him I was doing coffee enemas. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't want you to do them anymore. I think you're doing too many. And at the time I wasn't actually. And, and you're he like, said uh, and i'm like you don't know not <laughs> he He's he no he said um i think that a lot he goes, i hear this a lot is of course he's in santa monica of course he hears a lot about women doing alternative stuff with themselves because mm. it's santa monica <laughs> he was like he's like no he said i think that you know women are having sex with themselves when they do these in, on in an addictive way like that it's a type mm. of stimulation for them it may not even seem sexual to them right. at the time but there is some quality to it that like you said i go well, what's wrong with that? Yeah, I would say that. He <laughs> says, well, you're purging. You know, bile is precious, and he sees it as a a, a jewel Life of the body. Uh-huh. Yeah, like it's like a jewel. It's one of the jewels of the body. And he said, so you can't constantly deplete your body of that. It's not like you have this endless supply of bile to just. Dump into the toilet. He said, I can see its use, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that people should do all the time. And I go, Well, I don't know why you think I'm doing them all the time because I <laughs> literally wasn't at the
1: time. Right, right.
2: He did, Is he it said, my
1: skin glowing so much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm having sex with myself by doing coffee yeah, Is that all the doing? time? <laughs>
2: he, and, you know, speaking of that, all the benefits, like the things that. Besides that release and besides, you know, it's kind of like people that like to see zits being popped and stuff. Mm. It's like, there's this gratification to see and to smell what is gross and coming out of you mm-hmm. and like, goodbye, flush it. It's mm-hmm. like goodbye, you know? Mm. So there's that quality to it. Um, that can be addicting. But I think also when I started doing them consistently, I used to have these dry bumps all over oh, the yeah. backs of my arms and my thighs. Mm-hmm. and uh, I've never had them again. Mm. I, have, I had, and there's so many things that um, that changed. You know, my skin used to get really, I'm a very, very dry skinned person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having that issue. And I can tell when my liver's congested because I can start to see the creepiness up. in my, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is this function of the body not being able to produce or to donate the right kinds of fats to help moisturize you from mm-hmm. the inside out mm-hmm. because why? It's dealing with all the, crap that you've been eating, the bad right. fats.
1: Right. Yeah. So
2: Dr. Marshall used to say that when we, when we eat trans fats or fried foods or highly heated fats, any kind, even if it's just olive oil that you heated in a pan and then mm-hmm. you consume that, that it, um, it, uh, it, it congests the liver. And then when you need the healthy fats to help moisturize and nourish your skin, it can't access it. Mm. So it'll push I don't know how true this is, but it sounds amazing. It pushes bad fat to the surface of the skin. So Mm. when you are in the sun, it's like putting baby oil on your skin instead of putting you know, something nourishing on the skin, right, more right. protective. And so it fries you. And so he has this theory that that's why people burn so much as they eat. Oh,
1: aim. interesting. Yeah. yeah. As you
2: can take a, a young child, mean, when I was a kid, I never used to burn, mm-hmm. ever. I would be in the sun all day with a little bikini in my little bony body and never <laughs> burn, ever. And now I'm sitting in the like, sun and I'll get my shoulders like in fried. A-
1: <laughs> in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah Interesting. mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the, the bad fats thing, I mean, we could go on and on about that, but you know, people tend to even not even recognize, even when they're trying to pay attention to it, how much they're getting in because of if you eat out at all, you know, and yeah. I mean, cooking with olive oil and all, and all of those kinds of things. So
2: Yeah, any refined it. oil or even just putting it on your salad or whatever, but you've been it's been stored above your stove or next mm-hmm. to your stove for six months or three months, mm-hmm. and now you're pouring this oxidized fat onto your that's salad nice. or whatever. And, you know, not to go down the strokes, I know that's not what we're really talking about, but I'll bring it back to Coffee animus. <laughs> which is that, you know, they did this study on um, – People who were having heart attacks, and they had vegetarians, they had omnivores, they had a whole group of people, and they were all the same age. And they discovered that it wasn't that you would think the vegetarians were having less heart attacks than it was people who were eating meat, but in actuality, across the board, everyone was having heart attacks the same. Well, why could that be? And then uh, this other researcher discovered and his theory was that the common denominator amongst all of them was that they're all eating refined mm-hmm. oils. They're all mm-hmm. eating olive oil. They're all, mm-hmm. all the vegans, all the, omni um, everybody's mm-hmm. eating it. And that maybe this was the underlying factor.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? I wonder if that's part of what, um, helps the carnivores, you know, the, those on the car- carnivore diet, because mm-hmm. they're not really getting, they're not getting any vegetable oils. you know, if they're doing it a hundred percent. Right. So,
2: um,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm so, that's all, yeah, we could go on and on about that. I'm so fascinated about the carnivore diet, but bringing it back to the coffee enemas, have you noticed a difference in terms of hormone stuff, you know, for, for women, if they're dealing with the estrogen dominance or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, low progesterone or anything like that, does, does, how does coffee enemas relate to that?
2: Right. Well, let me wrap that up with the oils. Okay. When you do coffee enemas, if you have a lot of bad fats that you consume, you can see it at the uh, film on the top of the toilet when mm-hmm. you start to empty. Especially when you use the uh, the lighter colored coffee, the essay, mm-hmm. the coffee enema coffee, because um, you'll see it It's like you poured oil into the toilet, mm-hmm. and so you know it's in there. It's you the know, it's in yeah. There. yeah, yeah. um, That's a good
1: little tidbit for everybody.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's gross. (laughs) Little biohack there. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I think that um, I feel like if I would have been about 10 years earlier with all the information that I was given and Mm -hmm. that I acquired, that I probably would have rectified my hormone imbalances much sooner. Mm. But because I was already well into you know, um, my thirties and, you know, my late thirties when I started to discover all this stuff, I feel like I had all so much damage had been done that the coffee enema was helping in many ways, but it mm-hmm. wasn't enough. And mm-hmm. the stuff that, that would have been really helpful, like progesterone therapy, mm-hmm. if that had started much Earlier, mm-hmm. I think the combination of all the things I had done, I think I would have had a lot more success. And in mm-hmm. success, by success, I mean I probably would have gotten pregnant and had a couple children, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was just a day late and a dollar short, as they say, mm-hmm. because it was just already so much damage had been done, so much imbalance had been created that by the time I started doing everything, I was just getting myself out of a hole. I was just mm-hmm. climbing out of the mm-hmm. hole of gut health and gut issues and everything. But I think it's a crucial component for women who um, have hormone imbalance, especially women who have issues with uh, um, toxic estrogens, recycling Mm -hmm. them, Mm -hmm. women who have issues with um, breast health, who have it in the family. If If you take a Dutch test, a hormone Dutch test, and you see that you have a propensity to you know, push your estrogens down the 16 OH and four OH pathways, mm-hmm. which are the potentially harmful estrogens. I mean, I would be doing coffee enemas frequently mm-hmm. several times a month, if not a week to manage that because mm-hmm. it is crucial. But I still think just like progesterone, just like uh, prebiotics, they're just all parts. They're just tools in that puzzle to help us mm-hmm. achieve balance because mm-hmm. you, you can't just be like, oh, I love coffee enemas and I hate that prebiotic, so I'm not taking it. And I'm not going to take a Dutch test because I can't afford it. I'm, not, I'm just going to do coffee enemas and mm-hmm. carry on with my life. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous position to take. Right, right. You have to be proactive in every way and have actionable plan of how you take care of yourself on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It is a job. His job,
1: that is for sure. When you have
2: the kind of issues that you and I have had throughout Mm -hmm. our lives, Mm -hmm. it is not enough to just take some dim, go to a regular gyno, and think that you're going to be okay through your prairie menopausal years, and 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 nowadays through your womanhood. Good luck. Good luck. You have to have actionable choices that you can use with your diet, with your encouraging detoxification in the body, with your supplementation, with your stress management, it ha- you have to make time for it or it will you will perish because of it. Mm-hmm. So.
1: No, I mean, it's so true. And, you know, I wish, I mean, I know we both wish we could go back, but I I like to make a fine point to particularly women kind of in their early thirties, like that's such a good time to really start to get on top of this stuff. You know, if, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, there's so many women that have issues in their twenties and their teens even, but it can be hard to, um, have them really shift their lives in big ways at that point. Right. Cause they want right. to live life. Right. And they want to yeah. do all the things and I get it. You know, they want to go out and party yeah. and they want to do that kind of stuff. But really if you can kind of hop in, in your early thirties, And start to do a lot of this work, then you're really setting yourself up for a much smoother perimenopause and a Mm -hmm. much smoother menopause, you know, and, and really starting to understand these deep levels. Like, and even I did, you know, work in my twenties on this stuff, but I didn't have all the components. Like you said, you know, Mm -hmm. I kind of would like I focused too much on detox, Without Mm -hmm. really getting everything. Plus, I was vegan for a while, and you know, and that certainly didn't do me any favors. And um, so, I was really kind of like depleting my body too much. So it's Mm -hmm. it's this understanding and and really kind of, you know, a lot of this is seasonal too, right? Of when to kind of support your body to detox and when to build it back up, and and how to do that and how to work all these components together.
2: Well, I'm going to make a bold statement and say that I think it's, I don't, I think the 30s is too late mm. these days. Mm. I think that the amount of xenoestrogen exposure that we are exposed to nowadays, I think it's the responsibility of our mothers, of of the moms out there with girls, with babies and, and boys um who have to make this part of their puberty transition Mm. and to start to educate them about these things, because I am seeing scary, scary stuff. You know, Mm. I'm seeing, you know, um, nine-year-old girls having their period with double D bras size and- boys and, and chil, children across the board, preteens and adolescents across the board with zero to no libido, no interest in sex, no interest in who are apathetic, depressed. Mm-hmm. This stuff, I think 30s is is probably cutting it a little late. But mm-hmm. speaking to those women who are in their 30s, mm-hmm. absolutely, like mm-hmm. get on it now. now
1: yes. Yeah. <laughs> Take yeah. it from us, you know, yeah. before mm-hmm. you have, because I feel like it's that late 30s place. You know, as we know, when, when progesterone starts to go down and estrogen starts to go a little crazy and that is when the big stuff seems to creep out of, you know, nowhere when in reality it's been all of those years leading up. So yeah. Yeah.
2: You're well into your job. You're well, you know, you're trying to have a baby or you're trying to have a second baby and you know, it's, yeah, that's when it gets, really hairy. And, yeah. but yeah, I, I think both, I think the children of today need to start learning how to take care of themselves. Cause your, your HMO ain't going to do it.
1: Absolutely. And you know, we're we're not seeing any decline in chemicals in our environment anytime soon either, you know? So yeah. it's, it, we, yeah, I mean the education around this stuff. And it's like, I mean, I feel like you and I learn every day even more things, right. That impact yeah. it. And we're go- oh, yeah. going to, because Finally, there's starting to be some studies around women when there haven't really been for so long, you know, and so we're going to learn more and more here. And, yeah, I mean, we
2: can And the enemas, you know, I'm so glad you're talking about this specifically because Mm -hmm. I think enemas are, you know, they're nothing new. I was brought up on enemas and I think
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And
2: my mom was old school. I mean, mostly because she was just really poor when they were children. And that's one of the few things that you could do to alleviate constipation in a child. Mm. Certainly not take him to the doctor, but, you know, to actually try to alleviate these things. And you could actually go to a store and buy an Enema kit where now- it's really hard to find them even. And right. now they sell, but they'll sell a fleet enema, which is just like the worst thing ever. Oh, I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. That was what the doctors were trying to like push on me at different points if I was going to do one, you know. I was like, no, no, that mineral oil, I'm not interested. Yeah, oh
2: my gosh. Yeah. Like how can that, I want to be yeah. There.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing.
2: <laughs> (laughs) Amazing. And they get mad at me for drinking four ounces of olive oil. Right. Right. I mean, come on. I was
1: looking at Amazon though recently, and I I have noticed there's a whole lot more of the silicone enemas on there now, um, silicone kits. And then um, what are your, what are your, you know, what's your favorite in terms of doing either, uh, I know they're glass ones, there's the silicone mm. bags and then, um, stainless steel. What do you think is kind of the best for people? I use, I,
2: I use a stainless steel bucket mm-hmm. and um, a silicone hose and okay. then I have just multiple applicators that I use. Um, uh, you know, that I, I soak in alcohol, you know, mm-hmm. disinfect and um, sterilize, mm-hmm. but, um, the silicone hose, for obvious reasons, it doesn't. Although over time, it can um, collect, you know, you can see that it can get, um, I don't know, I don't think it's mold, but maybe it is. But you have to put water, uh, soapy water inside of it. And I soak my hands up in the shower. And then I literally squeeze it really, really hard to mm. get the tube down, to get like your milk in a, like a goat, you know, you squeeze <laughs> And yeah, the shower is going down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, what about um, so using the,
1: like hydrogen peroxide going through it? Does, I've,
2: that a, I've always used that, okay. and then I use the, and then I put, I'll put alcohol. But I don't always do that. I just mm-hmm. use soapy water to mm-hmm. clean it out, and then I hang the hose in the shower, and then wash the bucket out. Stainless steel bucket. I used to use a bag because I just liked. The convenience of hanging it anywhere where mm-hmm. the bucket is like, you know, so it's so bulky. And, right. um, but then I, um, I didn't realize how fast mold collects in the bag. The and how dirty, yeah. yeah. So the silicone bag, even I even, you know, I've had a few silicone, I had a silicone bag sent to me as a gift and, um, <laughs> and it, and I mean, I was using it for about three months and I would clean it all the time. And then I, I can't remember, we like went out of town and I left it hanging in the shower and I came back and I, I just happened to, you know, with. One of those open top ones, mm-hmm. and there was mold in it on the mm-hmm. on the sides, and mm-hmm. I got rid of it right away because yeah. I was like, "That's just not you don't want any mold <laughs> going
1: into your body." No, Absolutely you not. Do,
2: yeah, yeah. It's just so I prefer the stainless steel. Um, yeah, that's what I okay. use. Yeah,
1: well, that's good for yeah because I know that. You know, I think that they're really touting, I saw on Amazon, the silicone bags these days because of, you know, they're like BPA free and da, 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 you know, and I'm like, well. Yeah. No. And then I read something about the glass being, you know, a good option to but, it makes yeah. sense,
2: but yeah. I know me that'll be broken yep
1: absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well okay so yeah. you have this this new book coming out or um, is it it's, it's not just really- a little
2: guide a it's guide, like a program a guide. but it's a really okay. small guide okay. and it's super easy basic okay. there's not you know all my other programs are like courses they're like right. educational courses right and people are hes, you know hesitate to take that this is yeah. just you literally pr- print up three PDFs there's that demo video on there. And that's it. Nice. And that'll get you through what you need. And it shows you where to buy everything and what my favorites are and everything, what you can do to support your liver and gallbladder function outside of the um, cleanse itself, Mm -hmm. outside of enemas. You can just be drinking things and taking certain supplements that support it.
1: Nice. Perfect. So I'll put the link to your website in the notes so people can find it on there sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: It's healthy Click on the online programs, but the link that you'll, that I'll get to you will be directly to it. Okay,
1: great. So that's such an awesome thing to have because I know, you know, you could spend days on Google trying to figure this thing out yourself. And so Mm -hmm. to have all that in one place, that's going to be really helpful people.
2: So what I find is really helpful too, is like friends will say, um, oh, my friend was asking me about the flush that I did. Can you send it? And then I'm just like, no, just send them to the That's it done. Yep. And that makes it so, and then Charlie too, at the office, they're like, what cleanse should I do? And You can just say, here you go. Yep. And that, and it'll be, yeah, so simple.
1: Well, thank you for putting that together for people. And yeah. yeah, and thank you for coming on and chatting with me again. I love, love, love our talks. I always learn so much from you. And um, yeah, I mean, Thanks. To, for for people to really understand the, um, you know, wide array of things that we need to really do in order to take care of our health at this point because you know, unfortunately the reality is we are in a very toxic world you know and mm-hmm. we want to be we want to be thriving in this life right we don't want to just be surviving and mm-hmm. these are you know really I mean as you mentioned coffee enemas and enemas are ancient techniques right it's yeah. been around so so long and it's
2: as long of, as we've had buttholes they've right?
1: had a- <laughs> People have put stuff up <laughs> <them>. <laughs> yep. but, but you know it's like it's one of those things that again you know fell out of favor sometime in the like 19th or 20th century when you know whatever the allopathic methods started to take over and, and mm-hmm. we got rid of all these kind of old ways of, of taking care of ourselves. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really important thing to to know that you have that access and that you can take care of your body in that way. So
2: thanks yeah. for spreading
1: the good word about the coffee enema. Sure.
2: Um, <laughs> I, I just want to disclaimer one more time. Okay. I don't, you know, uh, don't, you know, pay close attention to the instructions, no matter mm-hmm. whose, whose instructions they are you know, careful with putting hot water in your bottom. It's Mm -hmm. just as, Mm -hmm. it's just as dangerous as drinking hot coffee. Good point. Yep. Yep. um, And uh, um, especially,
1: yeah, the, the, um, the tissue in that area, you do not want to be burning it. That's for sure. It's
2: just like the inside of your mouth. Exactly. The same thing with you, you know, your tongue, it's just so sensitive and delicate and you, the minute that you burn your tongue, you're just like, you can't even talk for a couple of days, right? yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then the couple of benefits I didn't mention were uh, migraines. Mm-hmm. I used to use when I first start, when I first discovered them, I was still having migraines back then. Mm-hmm. And also um, pain. Mm-hmm. So like back lower back pain, mm-hmm. um, headaches of not just migraines, but uh, all kinds of uh, types of pain. And that's originally why they even discovered the coffee enema was mm-hmm. because they needed to. And they realized that it was helping with pain.
1: I think that's actually probably why this was on my brain this week. Cause I had headaches on and off for two days and I don't have headaches very often, you know? And I was like, Oh, I want to do a coffee enema so bad, but you know, the nervousness, but I'm so glad we talked about this because really it makes me feel much um, better to think about just using a small amount and, yeah. and seeing how that goes, you know? And, and I think that'll be good. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for being here today and I will see you guys next time.